Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And let's get it going. Look, I'm just trying to be alright with it. Yeah, I'm just trying to be alright with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. Yeah, I just want to be alright with it. Yeah, I'm watching the play. He he starts the play on OG Ananobi, and he literally stands there and points. Someone take OG who's going to the corner. And you look at the yeah. play develop, and he's not guarding anybody. This is so stupid. Ty is, I'm not uh, a Celtics so- fan, but I'm a Celtics better tonight, and I was so happy. I mean, I'm like, oh, Kemba Walker, no, look, pass for the win. This is over. The series is 3-0. They're going to the Eastern Conference Finals to play the Miami Heat. And Jason Tatum falling asleep on the most important possession of the season is inexcusable. Not only did he fall asleep, he carelessly told someone to switch off when he never got screamed. Like, this is so dumb. Yeah. This All-time is, uh... dumb play. He never got screened. No one even came near him and just goes, someone take him over there. The game is on the line. What are you doing? That is inexcusable from Jason Tatum. Honestly, yeah. Can't like accept that. That, that is it, ridiculous. It, it... I Bad lineups by Brad down the stretch. Bad lineups by Brad. You're playing Grant Williams and Robert Williams too much. Like, play you put in Jason Tatum with seven minutes left in the game when he had 32 minutes. Play him 40 plus minutes. How about that? This series has now completely changed, Nick Fryer. And as a Celtics fan, you have to be concerned. Well, I mean, okay. First of all, for any audio issues that are going on right now, everybody, because I know Tyler and I, one of us is a little bit choppy right now. Something's wrong with the internet. I think it's on my end. But either way. To say that this they should be extremely worried about how the series is going, I mean, I, I think you have Marcus Smart had a terrible shooting night. You have Jason Tatum who had a terrible shooting night, and in the end, yeah, that I mean, like you, they put themselves in a pretty good spot to survive it. Obviously, one play in the end 
screwed him over one miscommunication. But I would hardly say that Celtics fans should be alarmed or anything like that. What are that you about talking about? This went from a possible 3-0 series now to 2-1. You're one game away from now having the series tied as opposed to being one win away from the NBA Eastern Conference Finals. This is now a series again. All because Jason Tatum is absolutely a series. If you're not concerned as a Celtics fan, you are either not watching or you have too much faith in your team. You have to be concerned. If you're not, like, I don't know what you're watching. Yeah, it, no, it's okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's one thing to say it's a series again. It's another thing to say that you have to be uh, completely alarmed. Yes, you, you went from a lock to win the series at 2-0, 93% chance to win. Now it's 2-1. It's completely different. This is now an, a, a toss-up. Like, th- this team, the Raptors, were broke. Horrible-ass shooting team in the first two and a half games. First two games, they sucked. First half of this game, not great. They went from the second half and caught fire. They now have their confidence, Nick. Like, you've been in basketball games where you've been broke for two quarters. Once you start hitting. And I have lost Tyler. I don't know what happened with his internet, unfortunately, but he'll be back in a second. Uh, we're having some technical difficulties tonight. I apologize for that. It looks like he's coming back in right momentarily. Um, he's obviously very frustrated with what happened tonight because he was he had a little bit uh, – little bit of action on tonight's game. Here we go. Let's see if we can get things. Yes, uh, my internet stinks. My internet stinks as bad as Brad Stevens' lineup in the fourth quarter, but that's besides <laughs> the point. My whole thing is a 2-0 series is a 93% chance to take the series. 2-1 is probably like, I don't, I don't even know, 60-something. You just went from a guaranteed lock to the Eastern Conference Finals to yep. now having to be worried about Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet all with their confidence now. Like this is a completely different series, and going for, going forward, it is a completely I, different I series. You it, it, you're, you're, you're right. You're right in that sense. It is a completely different series. If you wanted, if you were like Greeny, where you were looking for a sweep, of course, well, who doesn't want a sweep when it's the Raptors? And you, and it's going to be nice and easy, and you're coasting along the way. But I think as much as the Celtics go into every single game thinking that they're going to win every single night, and that's what they're going to play for, I look at it as. You have you can't assume to me that you're going to go in and sweep the Toronto Raptors, who are one of the best teams inside the bubble throughout you know seeding play and and look strong um, you know against obviously it's the Brooklyn Nets whatever um, depleted Brooklyn Nets excuse me I, I I understand that's where they were but still obviously a quality team I I'm not going to go in and I I never came into this series thinking that was going to be the case especially without Hayward so I can't imagine the Celtics are going to sit back on this one and say. Oh, you know, like this is a huge loss or devastated, whatever. It's one that got away from them, one they could have stolen, which obviously should have stolen with that crazy pass by Kemba Walker at the end. Should have been, it should have been the the highlight of the night. Instead, it's OG and Anobi, your guy hitting a three pointer. Um, and you know, happens whatever. But I think that they look at it. If I'm the Celtics, I look at it as well. You know, they're the Raptors. You know, we want to sweep them. We, you know, we're going to lose one game, but this is that one. I don't think this. I'm not like a, a, a sweep. Yeah, sure, that's what you want, but I don't know, Ty. I'm not like as alarmed about it as you are. I think if Toronto wins Game Four, they're winning the series. Simple if as Toronto that. wins Game Four, you're in you're in you're in crisis mode, absolute crisis mode. I agree. If they win if they win Game Four, which is what they'll play Saturday afternoon. Now, um, if they play Saturday afternoon and they lose, I, I have to I have to stick with my Toronto in – and seven pick that I, you know, change after game one. But I don't know, man. That 
that is concerning that on the final possession of the game, Jason Tatum is just comfortable enough to pass off a guy who is one of the best three-point shooters statistically in this series and just be comfortable enough to pass him off to someone over and say, oh, no, you take him. You're not even being screened. Do not switch unless a guy comes within two feet of you. Like he, Nobody came close to him, and he's just – that is all-time bad, all-time bad. And I know, like, he probably thought they only had time to get a shot in that, you know, the right corner of the court where they were designing to play to. But literally, OG, all he did was run from the right corner to the left corner. And that's how he got open. No screens, nothing. Like, I love OG, bad. but man, that is inexcusable. It was bad. It's, it's, I mean, it's an unforgivable mistake because it wound up costing them in the game in the end. But. Then there were other mistakes throughout the course of the game that that that, that popped up too, and all this. Um, obviously, Kyle Lowry came out really strong at the start the, to start the game. I think he scored like ten points in the first five minutes. Kemba responded with with seventeen points um, in the first quarter too. I thought he was great tonight. The big, I mean, look, Tatum made that mistake. I just think all around Tatum's night. He he killed you. And then at the free throw line too, the Celtics shot what seventy six percent. You have a miss from. Jalen Brown, you have a miss from Marcus Smart, a miss from Tice. Tatum misses two free throws on the night, but his him going five for eighteen from the floor when he's the guy, you're gonna feel that more. So even though you had uh, Brown shot well, and obviously Kemba had an outstanding night tonight. How about Marcus Smart? I predicted this. I said he did the last not shoot two days. Well. I said it the last two days on OMF each afternoon. Luke came to me and said. Tyler, you said Marcus Smart was the most overrated player in Boston. I said, yes, Lou, that is correct. And <laughs> after his incredible night last night or two nights ago where he went off in the fourth quarter, which, by the way, that incredible fourth quarter got into 50% shooting from three on the night. Like, let's not act like this guy completely went off. He had one good quarter after being horrible the first three quarters. Marcus Smart is a bad shooter. I'm sorry, Celtics fans. He mm-hmm. sucks as a shooter, and he kills them all the time. Like when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are on the court, I do not want Marcus Smart to take jump shots, step like uh, jump shots when they are catching shoots in the corner. Fine, in rhythm, fine. Step backs, no. Crossover the threes, no. Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, uh, Jalen Brown, those are your top three scoring options. And when Marcus Smart's on the court with them, he is shooting way too much at a low percentage. He's not a good shooter, and this was so predictable coming in. I said he's gonna have a big head. And he's going to shoot a bunch of times and miss a lot of them. He's a bad shooter, Nick. Like, I don't know why Celtics fans are so re- reluctant to admit that. Like, he carried them in the fourth quarter, but he had bad three quarters in the last game. This game, he mm. sucked offensively. And Kyle Lowry also went off to this game for the first time all series. I know, like, he's a pro. He gets paid high money and everything, too. But Mark Smart was on him. Like, come on. You can't shoot on offense. How about stopping your guy on defense? I know he usually does it most of the nights. And – 90% of the time he shuts down his guy, but well, and, Marcus Smart did not play well. It's one thing when you're bad, sh- when you're shooting poorly, and uh, it's one thing to you know go 0 for 2 like Tice did from 3, or Jalen Brown did from 3. Jalen Brown then found his offense within the, the arc, but Marcus Smart took nine three-pointers tonight and only made two of them, and that's just, that's just that, never going to cut it. That's him, always. That is 20, what, 28%? That's what he does. That is not what he does, Ty. You can't say that's what he does. You know that's absolutely not what he does. He's a 31% career three-point shooter. This is what he does. He'll go four for 10 and two for nine to average out for a low 30% shooter. He's not a good shooter. This is who he is. But this year, 
what is he? This year he was 34. 34. Point, 34. 34.7% this year and 36.4% last year. So it's a little that's, that's the difference because you're talking about 32 for his career or 31.8 for his career to being right around league average over the last two years. So it's a little this is t- tonight is not what he is. Tonight is what is how bad he can be. I think He's what I think what you're difficult on himself. When he shoots those dribble step backs and crossovers, shoot in rhythm threes. They'll find you. These guys yes. get in the lane and they'll find you, Marcus. Do not create threes for yourself. They will find Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I have to say. I, I I agree with you there. There's he makes he still makes a lot of bonehead mistakes in the offensive end, but that's also not just on him. That's on Brad Stevens. We've we've kind of we've covered that one quite a bit, and that that is one of the mistakes that he or one of the issues that he can't seem to kind of correct. I guess I'm talking about Brad again, not not Marcus Smart. But I think with, with Smart, I mean, if you want to say he's a he is too streaky of a shooter for and you look at the numbers that he puts up. I, yeah, that's fine. I guess whatever. Um, but I, I'm not ready to say he's he's a bad shooter. He's a he makes bad decisions. He Maybe, misses you know left and right you know way too much. In fairness, that's part of it. That is part of it. But he, he's he, just he's not as good as he thinks he is. Is what it comes if he's down missing. To if he's missing short and long, I would agree with you. He's not a bad shooter. He just struggles to hit consistently. This mm-hmm. dude is hitting the left and right side of the backboards and throwing up bricks. Like when you're sh- when you're missing left and right, your shot stinks. You have a fundamentally flawed shot. He does it consistently, always. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum never misses far left, never misses far right. For a you know a small occasion, he might do it. Jalen Brown might do it. You know when he's off balance. This kid is always doing it, even catch and shoot. It's a flawed shot. It's hitched. It's never going to be a great shot. So I'm sorry. <laughs> like I, I I do think this guy is completely overrated because if he is you know it all. If he, if he is deserving of Defensive Player of the Year and a most important game like this, Kyle Lowry does not go off for 27 points. Kyle Lowry doesn't get that many shot attempts. He got, what, 22 shot attempts, shooting 50%, hitting his threes. He had five fouls tonight. Why didn't anyone attack him? He got his fifth foul with 6.55 to go. Like, nobody's attacking this guy. But later in the game, Brad was having Kemba start possessions in the corner. How about having Kemba at the top of the key – in a pick-and-roll scenario to get Kyle Lowry to foul out. Fred VanVleet had five. Pascal Siakam had four. Like, let's start, like, realizing game and time and situation. I know, like, Brad's the genius, and I'm the guy on a periscope here with Nick Fryer ripping Brad Stevens, but, like, come on. Like, let's let's start, like, attacking guys and get them out of the game, especially when they're red hot like that. Like, you have to, like, attack them. Not throw Kemba in the corner. I just – that was weird. So let me ask you this. Would you feel – I mean, look, I know you care in general about how the Celtics games go. Oh, I'm fired you... because I'm, I'm better tonight. Like, obviously, I bet on them tonight. And I was like, <laughs> oh, Kemba, my, I got free money tonight. But, no, of course, I do like the Celtics. They're probably my, they're my second favorite team. Of course, I watch them all the time behind my bowls. Mm-hmm. But, like, you have to be concerned tonight. But I, I, I don't know. I would say if we're talking DEFCON, was it one through five right now? Five being the – Def, DEFCON five is the worst, I think. So, I believe so, yeah. So if we're talking one, one through five, I'm probably I'd probably say, you know, one if they if they'd won the game, it would be a it'd be a zero, it would be non-existent. I think after this one, it's a one for me. And then if the Raptors, but if the Raptors win game four, then it's gonna jump up to a four for me. On a scale of one to five, you're a one. Yes, I'm at a one. Oh my god. What are you at? 
you have to be at like at least a two, <laughs> at least a two. I'm at a, I'm at a three. If you are the Celtics and you are sitting in the locker room saying we fucked up big time, we just let the Toronto Raptors, the defending NBA champions, not only get back into this series, we gave them their confidence. Like that's worth a half win right there. Like this team is going to come out confident as hell for all four quarters, knowing that they have a new life. We have a new life. You're gonna you're gonna be playing with house money, and that's what this team's gonna feel like. They thought their season was ending after that Kemba Walker shot, and now they're coming in with complete confidence. And if the Celtics team wins in Game Four, then or Game, uh, yeah, Game Four on Saturday, then yep, Game Everything four I'm Saturday. saying, everything I'm saying is out the window. If they win Game Four, but it's a I huge just, I, Game Four. It's a huge, huge Game Four. Honestly, Ty, I mean, I'm looking at where I see Kyle Lowry shot over 50% from the floor. Fred Van Vliet um, shot close to and a little bit under 50%. And Pascal Siakam was 6 of 15 and scored 16 points. Yet you have Jason Tatum, who didn't shoot well, and you had Marcus Smart, who didn't just shoot well. He just he shot way too often throughout the course of the night. And the Celtics still only wound up losing by a point. I don't know. I, I guess when I look at it as I think that a lot of things went wrong for the Celtics, obviously they had a sizable lead early in the game. To me, it's, yeah, you let the Raptors get some life a little bit, but I still think the Celtics, I think the Celtics didn't play their best brand of basketball. The Raptors, I wouldn't say they played their best brand, but they played a little bit better and, and they still just barely beat them. So I think that the, I, that's why I think the Celtics will still come out and win game four do you think they're going to win game four no i picked toronto i i don't think toronto played well tonight they played two and a half good quarters of basketball like they did not play well they they shot like you, you mentioned lowry shooting 50 percent. van fleet didn't shoot 50 percent. he didn't even shoot all that well from three he was five of 13 so as a team they shot like ass from three they didn't even really turn it on but they've been so bad from three through the first uh, couple games of the series, that them actually making shots tonight made it seem like they played well. Like, this team did not play well. They could have played so much better. Like, Marcus All probably shouldn't be playing anymore because he cannot shoot from outside. And oh I would God. just honestly, like, where's Chris Boucher? Like, I like Chris Boucher. Play him more minutes. He can actually step outside and shoot the three. Yeah, all he, I, did, I, all he did tonight was try and escort Kyle Lowry to the bench after he got kicked in the nuts. That's like all this guy's doing on the court. But, yeah, I don't um, know what's up with Boucher. I mean, he's not been playing for them a lot since they've been in the bubble. But you know, the no. the the one thing that is alarming too with it is that with like the one thing I will say that is more concerning for me and and all this is where the Celtics won the first two quarters and then the Raptors came back and won the last two. Um, yeah. I don't I don't like that. Uh, Jalen Brown just spoke is, is speaking to the media right now, and he about that last play saying, "I guess it was a miscommunication, tough shot to win the game. It's tough. That's the one we wish we could have back. Move on." And I think they will move on. I honestly do. It's not, I'm not trying to sound like a Celtics loyalist. I just think no. from, from everything I've seen that they will bounce back from this, and they will be fine. No, that that's going to be their mindset. Brad's always going to have an even keel, whether they would have won 3-0 or if they would have, um, you know, they, they lost tonight. Either scenario, Brad would have said. We have to bring it in game four because we cannot give this team another chance. Like Brad's going to be very even no matter how this game turned out. So I'm not surprised that's the way Jalen's talking after the game. My biggest concern, like I've previously stated, is Toronto's mindset. Like this team went from we're down 3-0, like we're probably going to leave the bubble here. It's pro it's over. We might get swept on Saturday. 
and go back home to Toronto. They've been in the bubble longer than anyone, by the way. So that's a good point that Christian Fourier brought up, by the way. Um, so I don't give no, no need to compliment Fourier. Yeah, they've been in the bubble a while, but no, I, I, I picked Toronto to win game four, and I'm concerned about the series going forward. And honestly, if Toronto wins game four, they might win the fucking series. They might win the whole series. Oh, you're going to like this real quick from Jalen Brown. He said that that play, um, that play was a fucking disgrace. The, the in an OB three, smart man. So so there you go. But did he, you know, did he finish it by saying it was an effing disgrace by Jason Tatum for being soft and not trying to do anything like poor ass effort? That's uh, I, I'll tell you so, what, man. But to 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 go and say, um, to go and to to say where you move on and then follow it up afterwards, you're saying it's a fucking disgrace. That's the kind of shit you want to hear. He's saying yeah. all the right things, and I I, tr- I trust his mental approach right now. Honestly, Jalen Brown. The Dell locker room is pissed right now, dude. They they knew they, they they lost a game that was in the bag. Literally one smart defensive possession. They're going up three zero. They're going to get some rest because you know the Bucks are not going to get swept. The Bucks are not getting swept by the Heat. This is going to be a six or seven game series. So every game the that the Celtics or day the Celtics could have had rest wise, if they would have swept. And watch this Bucks Heat series play out. Extra day of rest could have helped this team, but I don't know. They're not really beat up, so they're young. I don't know. It's not really a great point, but rest mm-hmm. is always a good case, you know. Look, even after the game two, when uh, Matt and I were both saying it's not gonna, it's not gonna be a sweep. Although it was like, you know, but maybe it's still, it's still in play. I think I part of me th- wants to say six, and I think it's gonna go Celtics Raptors Celtics. But there's still part of me that thinks it could end up going five games. Um, but it depends on how loudly the Celtics respond. And I think I don't, the thing is, Ty, I don't think I, the, while the Raptors have momentum, the Celtics are not going to go and crumble because, because they got this. They're not going to let the frustration consume them. They will use it in the right manner because like what Brad Stevens has said about this team, they're more with each other um, than they have been in the past. And speaking of that, the, oh, just a quick aside, because this was huge news that happened today over in Brooklyn. Steve Nash is now the head coach where Greg Popovich was a rumor Ty Lue's name had been thrown around. Jock Vaughn, obviously, it was it was the interim coach of the team, and he's actually sticking around as the lead co- head coach. Uh, who else? Uh, you know, Mark Jackson's name was thrown around. Jason Kidd as possibly returning, but no, out of nowhere, like ten o'clock, Mark Stein breaks the news. We get I get the the email from um, the PR team shortly after. Steve Nash is the new head coach. He never had any co- head coaching experience before. Obviously, an elite point guard, and in much like I think in certain sports or in sports, there are certain positions that um, lend themselves to kind of taking on a coaching role. And point guard is obviously that in basketball. I think that Nash will be a good fit, but it's going to be, it's going to, I mean, it's not going to be easy. You're in New York as much as you're the Nets and not the Knicks. You're in New York and you got to deal with two stars as much as they have your respect. But one of them in particular is high maintenance. So how do you feel about, um, about this move? I think it's a great move. I think the point guard is usually the, the coach in the court. Like the point guard in the NBA, honestly, should be able to call any play at any time. Mm-hmm. He should know exactly who – he should know all five roles. Like in college, I know when I worked at Indiana, um, he always told – Tom Green always told Victor Oladipo and Jordan Holes, like our two main ball handlers, you need to know your role in every play in the playbook as well as every other person on the court. So – yeah, it's um, I kind of forgot what your main question was there. Oh, it was about um, 
Yeah, it's just it's about the fit in in in. Um, yeah, Steve Nash. Yeah. My whole point with there was that he does have a coach's mind. He he's known playbooks forever. He's actually worked in the NBA as a player development coach with the Warriors, with Kevin Durant, who obviously co-signed for this move. So Stephen A. Smith, it's not white privilege just by what your race car and you want to pull every time because you're lazy and you don't do any preparation. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be a good move. He's he's a point guard with playing with probably one of the you know top two point guards in the NBA and Kyrie Irving. Kevin Durant. So I, I can't see it failing. I I think this guy's going to work his ass off. He's been waiting for the right opportunity and Durant and Irving like him and the co-sign for it. So mm-hmm. I can't, I can't yep. really see it not working. Yep. He's not there without those two guys input. I thought it was interesting that um, we're hearing all this stuff about Vaughn is going to get a shot at to be the head coach, especially after what he did in the bubble. And then Anthony Puccio from Nets daily went and broke the news that, or at least he's reporting that the uh, the Nets decided on Nash back in May. They considered people in, in March, and I guess Popovich was one of the people they considered, but it, Nash was has been their guy since May. So they've known. But at the same time, they, they decided on that, and they had. I know they interviewed Jock Vaughn recently. Shams bro, uh, reported that. It's just, you know, you never know. I, I will say the Nets do a pretty good job of misleading or, or like keeping what's really going on in-house because nobody knew about this Nash shit. That was, I was a shocker when I saw Stein's Stein break that news. I thought, I thought like, wait a second, did he get hacked? There's no way this is real. Steve Nash. I didn't even know he was in, I didn't even know he was in there Golden was, State. Yeah, what? it was, there was no rumors about that. There was nothing. It was absolutely like everyone thought, like you said, it was Ty Lue, it was Popovich. It was, I think, um, was there even rumors about Jay Wright from Villanova, or was that the Sixers? That's the Sixers, which he pulled his okay. name out of that one. Yeah, good for him. But um, yeah. yeah, that was that was shocking. But good for them. They're not trying to recycle Jock Vaughn, which is a failure. Like, don't go with him. You know, don't get Mike Brown. Don't get Mark Jackson, Ty Lue. Those guys are failures. They're like nobody likes those guys. There's a reason why they haven't been back in the league. Can't trust them. They're not good. Ty Lue's whole role with the Cavs was don't screw it up and you'll win an NBA title. He didn't screw it up. They won. And then he did screw it up by basically helping Kyrie get out of Cleveland or wanting to get out of Cleveland. And, you know, so good on them for not trying to recycle a coach that everyone's heard of. Try something new. They No matter what, though, the Nets should be one of the best teams in the East next year. It's, 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 not, it's only going to matter so much who's their head coach because you have Kevin Durant with with Kyrie it's just there's too much too many other guys that are good around them um but yeah so we will so next game for the Celtics is 6 30 on Saturday that is what game four between them and the Raptors we will be talking to you guys then um about everything that's going on hopefully Matt will be with us um so yeah Saturday night we will talk to you all that what it do baby yeah you already know I'm just trying to be all right with it yeah, I'm just trying to be alright with it. Yeah, I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Yeah. I'm just trying to spend the night with it. Yeah. I just want to be alright with it. I'm just trying to see the light in it. I think we should take a ride with it. Hey, I got no resolutions. I'm just hoping for some- This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.